0: Shit. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, Episode Number One Hundred and Fifty Seven. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally. Again, another week of quarantine. Massachusetts, though, reopening. I do not understand, and I, I tweeted this this week. People are shitting on Governor Baker, shitting on him. And I don't understand it. I don't get it. I feel like Massachusetts is doing a great job. I don't understand why people are just all over Governor Baker.
1: Yeah. The thing that's annoying to me, and I don't even live in Mass. I'm a New Hampshire resident, as most of you probably know by now. Looking down on Mass, like I look at it and go, Massachusetts, Boston has been like the hub of this from the beginning. Like them and you guys in New York have been like an epicenter of this stuff. And, People are bitching. Oh, he's the last one to open golf courses. He's the last one. To, yeah, he has to be the last one because it's where the it's where it's the worst. Like you can't compare Boston to Montana, where they have no cases and they basically haven't shut down whatsoever, because like, they all live like hundreds of miles apart. You can't compare the two. So when you're looking at Boston and and, and these guys down there, it's like you can't come bitch at this guy for waiting because he has to. And like I wouldn't be surprised if people this that's gonna slowly reopen. He's going to have to shut down again. It's going to happen because people are going to be like, "Oh, see, like we can go do whatever we want now." blah blah. blah. It's going to happen because until there's a vaccine, people are going to be stupid and go, "Oh, we can go back to normal now because
0: he reopened." I just I, I think stupid. even I don't even know if we're going to have to shut down because I I thought he was doing I think he's doing like a fine job, but there's just like people protesting at his house. I just don't understand it. I I think that he's doing a a decent job just Like you said, people like I'm seeing these these maps going up on Twitter that are like 48 of the states have eased restrictions in mass. And like they're highlighting Massachusetts being one of the only one of the 48 or one of the Mm -hmm. the two that haven't eased restrictions or hadn't at that point. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Massachusetts got slammed, slammed with this. Of course, they're not just going to reopen. Like there are so many states that didn't really get hit that hard. Massachusetts got hit hard. And I, I the the economic impact, it sucks. Like I 100% understand that, but we're starting to reopen now we're starting this phase one. So hopefully things can get back to normal semi soon. I just, I feel like, I feel like Baker is really trying to do his best to help us and to, to reopen Massachusetts in the safest way possible. But as he's trying to help and as he's trying to help us, people are like, this guy's a tyrant and I just, I don't, I don't understand it and I get it and I'm not going to be – I'm I'm at the point now where I'm not going to be mad at the people who are upset at Baker because everybody's got their own opinions on this. And this is a very polarizing thing. It's much more po- polarizing, which is a stupid thought, much more polarizing than I thought it was going to be. Well, it's one way or the other, right? Like you can't be mad at him. You're going to be mad at him if he doesn't open.
1: And the people that – if he stayed shut down and quarantined because of the threat, people who – like. Right. Or are gonna be mad about that, and then if he opens up, people who want to stay safe at home, yeah, people are gonna and be, gonna like, be Why pissed. Are you opening, no matter what.
0: like it doesn't make sense. You, like he's he can't win in the situation. Yeah, and people people are gonna be mad no matter what. And like in in I get the economic impact for like small businesses that are yeah. really hurting from this. Like that sucks. Like I feel bad for people who have put their blood, sweat, and tears into a business for like 20 years, 25, 30 years, and then all of a sudden we get this bullshit coronavirus. And it destroys everything. That well, sucks. And look, I do look how many news articles, people. Look how many
1: news articles we're seeing, and like just drops of like stores aren't gonna. This this coffee shop's not gonna reopen when everything's said and done. Or this long time, you know, there's a place up by uh, UNH up in New Hampshire where I went to college. That there's a long time breakfast joint that's closing for good. They've been open for like over 100 years
0: in the same family,
1: and they can't afford to reopen.
0: It sucks. Like yeah. that that really does suck. It's just if we if we reopened too fast then this was going to come right back and it was it was just going to be bigger we saw a lot how how many deaths 86,000 deaths yep something like that and it's it's way more i think the average flu death per year is 36,000 so we are way past that at this point so for a, a lot of people are like oh this is like how can we don't shut down for the flu because we shut down and there was 86,000 deaths still plus that's still going so 86,000 deaths that's 50,000 more than the average flu per year. Imagine if we didn't shut down, how many more people would have died? Seriously. Like, if we just kind of went as
1: usual, there's no vaccine. Like, and there's, there's a shot out there. There's a, that Cambridge place that has apparently has, like, a positive yeah. test for the smoke. So, like, there's, there's something there. But, like, there's no vaccine. People are going to – it would be a lot worse. Like, people don't really put the numbers in their head. Like, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people dying from this. Just because you're not dying and you're bored at home doesn't mean that you
0: wouldn't if you didn't get it. Like it's it it sucks. I mean, overall, again, like I get the people who are upset that there's this this shutdown. But there's only so there's only so much that you can do, especially in a state that got hit as hard as Massachusetts. did. There's only so much that you can do. Exactly. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I can't wait for the shit to be done. I cannot wait for this to be over. I'm so sick of it. I mean, there's a lot of places like.
1: Uh, I know the place like everyone knows I got laid off in March. My former company is talking about at least working remotely from to the end of the year. And if not ditching the office altogether and going fully remote is what I've been told. So like a lot of places are going to start to do that. Like no one's going back. A
0: lot to the of office. places saw that you can do your job
1: from home. <laughs> yeah. Like no one needs to be in the office. So buy office. We'll save money that way. Like it's going to happen more and more. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of companies start to rethink their whole world. And that's what's happening right now because no one's going back to the office anytime soon. Even if with these loose guidelines, Offices
0: better not reopen. Like, people better have flexibility because, like, for me... like, slated to reopen in Massachusetts at the end of the month, but I think it's only 25% capacity.
1: Yeah, and I think I look at this situation as, like, companies better be flexible, like, in my shoes, right? Like, if I find a job anytime soon, right, and my company has an office locally, but I'm having a kid in July, do I want to go to the office and take that risk? Absolutely not. They better be flexible
0: and let me stay home for a little bit before my kid's born because that's a risk I don't want to take. Like... It's, it's just, it's asinine what this has done. And it just, I mean, it blows, man. It really blows that it screwed people over the way that it did. Yeah. I just, I just can't, again, I just can't wait for this to be done. I'm so over it. But. Absolutely stupid. This podcast brought to you by, as always, every single week, our friends at Manscaped. The best, the best. In manscaping technology, they got the tools. They, If you're a guy and you're not with Manscaped at this point and you are not buying products from Manscaped, you're doing you it are wrong, guys. Dumb. Listen, Jared, again, J- like I said last week, Jared is having a baby, and I give that credit to Manscaped. I give yep. it all to Manscaped. Guys, if you're bored in the house, bored in the house, bored, why not play with your balls? That is the question that we're all asking. Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure that your balls are smooth while you or your partner are playing with them. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls thanks to their lawnmower 3.0. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming. While you are probably looking for new things to do at home, why not make manscaping part of your routine? Guys, I've talked about this a million times now. When I was younger, I thought that you had to use scissors to manscape because I was a stupid child. I was dumb. And then, boom, I clipped the nutsack. The worst experience of my life but if i knew about manscaped even at 13 years old i perhaps would have bought the lawnmower not even perhaps i would have bought the lawnmower 3.0 because i absolutely would have guaranteed that that wouldn't have happened if i wasn't so stupid when i was younger guys manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0 precision engineered tools for your family jewels Guys, the Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body hair trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Inside the perfect package, you'll find the Manscaped Crop Preserver and Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant and Moisturizer. You're probably sitting on the couch with your hand on your balls anyway, which I guarantee you, Guarantee you, half the guys listening to this right now, that is exactly what they're doing. And you don't want to pick your hand out of your, out of your balls after you're holding them, smell them, and them, they smell disgusting. Crop Preserver will make sure that your hands smell good after you're touching your balls. It's that easy. Guys, the the Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Subscribe to the Perfect Package and get a new replacement blade. For refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. Make sure that your trimmer always stays fresh and clean for a limited time. Subscribers get not one, but listen up. You get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag $39 value and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs, which I use today. Again, I use them every week when I work out. They are amazing. Like, I got thick-ass legs. When they rub together, skinny people don't understand this. My thick-leg my thick leg people get this. When your legs rub together, especially when you're sweating, you get that shape, and it lasts for days, and it fucking sucks. It's one of the worst things that you can experience if you're a big-legged man. But with these boxer briefs, you'll avoid that completely. It's that easy. Guys, this is the perfect package for your perfect package. You get 20% off with free shipping with the CODE. Couch guide twenty, c o u c h g u y twenty at manscaped.com. Guys, do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get twenty percent off and of free shipping with the code couch guide twenty at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code couch twenty. Make playing with your balls the best part of your day. Thank you, mm-hmm. manscaped. For not only saving our balls, but also for sponsoring the show. CouchGuy20 at Manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping for some awesome products. All right. So, big thing in sports this week. Most likely the only thing really going on in sports this week. The Last Dance. Final two episodes aired. And let me let me tell you the, the most shocking thing that I learned, perhaps, in this entire documentary. And let me say this, this doc, La, the last dance, one of the best documentaries ever made. Can't wait for the Patriots one. Let's go. I can't wait for the Patriots one too, especially because I think there was a lot more going on with Tom Brady than we know. I think Tom was a little bit more of an asshole than we know. Love him. But I think he's got a little mean streak in him because especially if he was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not throwing to these receivers anymore. So the last dance, last two episodes released. One takeaway from it, the flu game, and you you mentioned this in text, the flu game actually being food poisoning is bananas to me. How yep. come we haven't been calling it the food poisoning game? Like, it's that easy to change. <laughs> like I mean, I think the flu, the flu game just sounds better. Well, the problem yeah. is,
1: I think people thought it might be that, but this is like the first time anyone's really confirmed it. You know, like but somebody, somebody in the media has had to know at some point. Of course. But the flu game, doesn't the flu game sound better? Doesn't the flu I game guess. sound so much better? Food, food, and honestly it definitely doesn't sound it doesn't up the tongue as much. To to hear the story in the conversation too. Like to hear the, you know, Mike was hungry. We called around. We found the one pizza place that was open, and then five guys showed up to my door with the pizza, wanted to catch a glimpse of Michael. Right
0: right there, right there, and like his buddy said, Don't eat the pizza.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like because his agent was in the in the video was like, you know, right then and there I had a bad feeling. I had a bad feeling about this, and Mike was like, "I was the only one that ate the pizza." I'm like, "Well, why did you eat the pizza? You're in Especially- Utah. Five guys show up to your door to deliver the pizza. It's the one place that's open. They know it's for you. You know,
0: if I, if you're in those guys' shoes, won't you tamper the pizza? Of course you would. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm purposely food poisoning anybody <laughs> personally. <laughs> like, of course I you think, would. I, no, I don't. I don't think if I own a pizza shop and I see it's like it's the Eastern Conference. Actually, no, now it would just be the finals. And LeBron, I know he's staying at the fucking, the, whatever. I don't know any nice hotels in Boston. Whatever. Some some nice-ass place at the Seaport. And I get a call. It's I know the pizza for LeBron James. I don't think I'm undercooking any sausage. <laughs> then again, I also don't think LeBron's eating pizza the night before. No. See, the biggest takeaway for me in this whole
1: documentary is that LeBron is, like, the eighth best player overall. Like, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan is, hands down, bona fide, the gro- greatest player of all time. And all of the things throughout this documentary, like, would Michael Jordan? Have, I mean, would LeBron have played in that game?
0: No, dude. LeBron left. No.
1: So that's so the the, the
0: food poisoning game. Even Scottie Pippen, thing.
1: even Scottie Pippen, the back right in that game six of the finals when
0: they won, he had a back injury that he like. Hopped. Would LeBron have stayed on the court with that back injury? No. LeBron left San Antonio because he had a leg cramp in Game cramp. One in 2014. A leg cramp. Listen, have you have you ever had food poisoning? Yeah, it's awful. Food poisoning. I had salmonella. As you know, I've talked about this on the show. I had salmonella in, I think, October. I think I had it. And I've never actually had food poisoning before that. You know, it sucks. It was one of of my favorite restaurants that gave me it. But I've been back there and it's been delicious every time. But this one screw up. I remember I woke up in the morning, middle of the night. It was probably like 3 a.m. And my stomach was in so much pain. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then I had food poisoning for the next three days. It wasn't like a day. It was three days for me. And I couldn't move. I couldn't even. I was still trying to get through the last season of Shameless. I couldn't even watch TV because I was in so Shameless. much pain. Yeah. It sucked. I mean, I'm much more of a bitch than, than, than Michael Jordan is. But I couldn't even get through TV. The fact that this man had food poisoning. And was still able to play in the NBA Finals, and was still able to put up uh, 48 points. Was it 48 or 38 points? 38. 38 points. I knew, I knew 48 wasn't right because I, t- as soon as I said, I was like, I don't think that's right. But I wrote that down in my notes. Um, but just the fact that he still was able to play, even even points aside, 44 minutes with food poisoning. That is, that's unbelievable food poisoning anybody who's had food poisoning you know it sucks it's like debilitating that whole kind of scene
1: of the flu game like just to see like to have scotty talk about it like to to watch the visuals and we've all seen the visuals like towel over his head hugging scotty walking off the walking off the uh the court after the shot like that that's something that i think we all have seen but just to hear all the backstories of all this like like another big takeaway for me from this whole documentary is like this, his relationship with Steve Kerr, like Steve Kerr was someone that was crazy. I had no idea any of that happened. Yeah. And like, I knew about his dad, like I knew, but like to hear it, like, you know, we didn't bond over our dads. Like, I think some people thought that, but it was a mutual understanding. They didn't want to talk about it. And then to hear the fact that, you know, Steve Kerr came out and hit one of the biggest shots of his life to win a championship after he was struggling the entire game. And Michael trusted to give him the ball. Like, that whole relationship, I, I didn't think we realized, at least me, how close Kerr and Jordan actually were, um, considering of the, the big three of that team. Those guys were pretty solid, and I still think they are to this day. But obviously, Kerr now coaches his own dynasty. But, like, that team, and, and what pisses me off the most is that they could have kept them together if they really wanted to. They could have gone after Title seven. They didn't give him a chance. Jordan said at the end of that documentary, if, if Jerry Reisdorf said to all of us, Do you want to take a year to come back? Robbins, Kerr, all these guys. Like, do you want to take a year to come back? He said all of us
0: most likely would have said yes to have a chance at seven. Which is asinine that you have that opportunity and you don't take it, especially when you I mean, if you could see in the future and see where the Bulls were at now, again, you would still be like, okay, maybe we should go for another championship again because we're not going to be that good for a long time. They're still in that rebuild. I think the brightest spot of that dyna- of of the Bulls since that dynasty ended was probably, like, what would you say, Derrick Rose? Yeah, I think Derrick Rose probably is the best thing that's come out of the Bulls in the past 20 yes. years. Yep. It's crazy that all of a sudden, and it shows that management
1: was the reason. Like, they could have easily done a better job at the way they handled all this, but then you look at the team itself, and then, like, no one was the same. I mean, obviously, Phil Jackson went on, now the Lakers, and we all know that, and, and Coach Kobe, too, and, like, I don't know. Phil, I look at Phil what the Jackson Bulls had. had a hell of a career. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of it's like he's a great coach, but he also had Jordan and Kobe.
0: Like, he had the best talent going. He had the best talent. He went from Jordan I, to I Kobe. Him. Like, yeah, I love him, but like, yeah, he went he went from Jordan, the best ever, to Kobe, one of the best ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I think honestly, you see those ESPN rankings, like people they've been putting out, like who's the best ten top ten players of all time? Everyone had LeBron second, and they had like Kobe eighth. And I'm like, how is Kobe Bryant the eighth
0: best player of all time? You know what? I'll be honest though. I think after, I think after you get to two, because like I would still put LeBron at number two. I think LeBron is it's. If you do that, Kobe like three, him. like I don't understand why like all these players that like
1: played a long time ago, but like come on, you can't put Kobe behind behind all these guys. Like maybe so Bill three, Russell,
0: but like that's it. Three. Well, three and on, I think gets Harry because like Kareem. 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 I don't know. See, it's close. Kobe. Though. It's close, though. Kareem. Yeah. Kareem has Kareem sometimes even has the conversation about being number two. Yeah. Well, the reason why
1: I think people should stop with the LeBron Jordan debate now is that you watch this documentary and even at the end you hear the whole conversation. David Stern, obviously the late David Stern, all these people as well. They're like, guys, Jordan changed basketball. He saved the NBA. He single-handedly, without social media in the era where you didn't have as much transparency into our lives, he took the failing league, put it on his back, and then took the Bulls, put him on his back, won six titles. And people internationally, people everywhere wanted to be like Mike, wanted all this stuff. LeBron James hasn't had that effect on basketball. I'm sorry. But like, no, just, and I think, it, I think it's crazy, dude.
0: too. I think it's crazy that after—I forget what finals it was, but LeBron— said that he after he hit this after he hit this shot or after they won this finals after he brought the championship to cleveland he was like i am the right then and there i i knew i was the greatest ever something along those lines and yeah you and they ask michael about that stuff and he won't say that and i think right there and i think the other thing too that you really learned about this and we knew it's like we know that tom brady's competitive but something that we saw in these this 10 episode span was just how dedicated and how much of a – in in, this is like the true way to describe him – how much of a psychopath Michael Jordan was with his competitiveness. The yeah, guy – like, his competitiveness took over his body. His competitiveness literally took food poisoning and said, we're going to put you on hold for a second, buddy, and put on a massive game in the NBA Finals. That's so hard to do, but he's so competitive that his body – his his brain was like, okay, listen, food poisoning. You got you could fuck off right now. I got to go win an NBA championship.
1: Yeah, it was it's absolutely because like you look at the teams he beat towards the end. Those that Pacers team right in the East, then you have the Jazz. Those last two championships, those teams were on paper were better than the Bulls. Like those yeah. teams should have won those series against the Bulls. Jordan didn't let it happen. you've seen series where. On paper, other teams were better than LeBron, and they actually went and beat him. LeBron couldn't handle the pressure and take advantage. Like, look at those old Cavs days. Like, the Celtics were the better team, and LeBron just couldn't do it by himself. And then instead of actually staying with the Cavs the whole time, even the second time around with the Cavs, LeBron needed Kyrie. Like, I'm sorry, people, but LeBron doesn't win that title in Cleveland without Kyrie Irving. As much as you all in Boston hate him, I do too, but, like, Kyrie Irving is— Parsh to blame why like i think jordan could have won some of those titles without pippen i do jordan like jordan, i don't think it yes, would have been jordan as easy. did
0: all this with one team
1: one team never left obviously went to the wizards later but like fuck that who cares about that like yeah. that's old. like brady going to the bucks it's not gonna do anything like it's fine but like you look at
0: this, this ricochet shot
1: <laughs> yeah well okay well there's a lot of parallels i'm sorry when, when i'm watching this whole documentary i'm like dude this is brady like, this is Brady's story. Like, a, same lot, team. a lot of it is. Yeah. A There's huge a lot dynasty. Similarities. Same, same storyline. He never left to play baseball, Brady. You never know. He could have tried it. But, like, he could have. He got drafted. Probably could have. Could have got drafted. But, like, to say on that point, Brady could have stayed and tried to win seven. Now, they didn't publicly say it, but I think it sounds like everyone in the locker room knew that last year was Brady's last year in a Patriots uniform. So kinda last year was the last dance for the Patriots, despite the public not knowing. It wasn't his voice because Kraft wouldn't let that come out. But and a lot of people are sitting here now blaming management, Kraft and Belichick, for not keeping the band together and letting Brady stay. Like now I'm hoping they don't fall flat on their face like the Bulls did, but there's a lot of similarities here.
0: Yeah, I hope this I hope this rebuild isn't what's been going on with the Bulls the past twenty years because that would yeah. suck. Oh, oh. Well, part of the thing, I think the Bulls wouldn't have been as bad if
1: Phil stayed. Phil didn't want to be part of a rebuild. Bill wants so badly. Well, Jerry, to, this Jerry want. didn't want Phil there. Well, this is also why I want a documentary, because I want to see that fire in Belichick. Because Belichick actually wants to be part of the rebuild just to beat Brady and say, I can do it without him. Phil Jackson and, and Jordan's relationship was never the issue. That was, that was the issue of why he didn't stay, because they wanted to be together. Brady and Belichick are like, I'm done. I'm over this. So I wanna see the behind the scenes because I want to see where this fell
0: apart. I wonder I do you think there were cameras following around though?
1: Because like that know, I was, really hope so. Like I to, hope to have so. Cameras, did
0: we, to have oh like cameras following around the bowls? Like that that's that's insane to me. Because now we have but this, Did we know about that back then? Did we know about it though? Like did they I don't know about know. it back then? I don't I mean like, I was, the, like I the, was the players
1: pretty, knew, obviously, like told them, but like did the public know that the last dance was being filmed? Probably not.
0: Yeah, I would I would say probably not. But I I mean, you know, Bill, Bill doesn't love the media. I can't imagine he would just allow cameras to follow him around. Oh, but if it could get if if they if cameras could follow Bill around and it could show publicly that Brady was a dick or something would- like that. You know I wouldn't be shocked though, because What didn't you? Gee, how much time they already film you everything anyway. Dynasty. Yeah, and you know this dynasty is, is happening. It's like this dynasty was around for twenty years. So I wonder if ESPN ever at one point was like, Hey, listen, we're gonna start filming this for a future documentary, which would be great. Maybe they, that, that, they would
1: if if they thought to do this with the Bulls and Jordan and then don't think to do it with Brady, they're idiots. It's the same
0: thing. There's so many parallels. <laughs> Can I say this though? They're I saw this tweet. It might have been ESPN. I think it was ESPN that was like, which which next dynasty documentary do you want to see? And they had the the Lakers and then they had the Warriors. And and I was like, Is there any cool story with the Warriors other than they were just good? Yeah, like that's the thing. That the Lakers, I honestly stuff. I would watch the Lakers one because of yeah, the Kobe there was Shaq I
1: Yeah. And it's Kobe. Yeah. But like I'm not why do I care about the goals they were? Steph Curry could just hit threes and they got Durant. Like, I don't care. Like, right. There's like, nothing they there. Just, they
0: like, just won cool a lot. Bas- yeah. They were just a like, really good basketball team. Like, I don't think like as much as like, let's say it's 2018 Red Sox. I loved that team. They were so good, but it was good. Like, yeah, the, that's, that's the thing about them. They, the team loved each other. There was phenomenal chemistry. They loved their manager. As far as we know, there was just no turmoil. Like what, how they, it's like yeah. the same thing for, I would say the Warriors documentaries. Like what, how, in what world would that be interesting to watch? Yeah. And it wouldn't, no one would care. Like,
1: the L.A. Lakers documentary, and again, Phil Jackson's included. That's awesome, right? Then you have Kobe and Shaq going at it. Probably like I want to see, and I think everyone now at this point just wants to see more Kobe because of what happened. So like I'm all in on that one if that actually happens.
0: And you just look at you look at the characters that the Bulls had. The Warriors didn't have that. Like the Bulls, Michael Jordan was a character in and of itself. He was this he was this asinine like, uber-competitive guy, and then you got Dennis Rodman, who was just a cartoon character, and Scottie Pippen, who's not really a character, but he he was that calming voice there. I mean, Dude. they had characters. The, the Warriors, I guess, Draymond Green, kind of, but he's not he's not likable in any sense. Dennis Rodman skipped a finals practice to go wrestle with Hulk Hogan. Like, <laughs> no one does that. Yeah, that was... That's, that's what I mean. Like you have to have those to make it interesting. And I just, I don't think there's anything in the Warriors documentary. Like it might be like interesting for like an episode, but you can't like, the another thing that makes it special is you were able to take a documentary and stretch it into 10 episodes. That's, mm-hmm. that's insane to make 10 episodes that good. The first, it started off kind of slow, but it was like setting it up to get to this point, make it 10 episodes and have everybody. Every Sunday night, it was appointment viewing. Everybody in the world was like, okay, last dance. Let's watch this shit.
1: To be honest, I think it would have been just as big of a deal, too, if we weren't quarantined. Like, if the world was back to our old normal and, and this had never happened, it still would have got the attention it Like, it wasn't like this was so big just because we were in quarantine and we had nothing else to do. People were begging for this. and exu- And this was supposed to come out in what, June? July? Before uh, all think, this happened? Yeah. So... It would, I mean, so it would have been the summer, base, it would have been just baseball and the NBA finals. So, like, people would have watched this regardless. People, like, I never even, got, we were too young, right? We don't really know Michael Jordan from a live point of view. Yeah. I was a child. We know was, Space I was Jam born in 90. People. Yeah, I was born in 92, and that's it. Like, I, I don't remember the 90s. So, like, what is it about Michael Jordan? I want to watch that. Never mind the
0: people who actually watched it live. It's like, something like that, I, I wish, a lot of people wish they saw Michael Jordan, like, like, I wish I could have watched Larry Bird. Oh, 100%. Larry Bird Larry is Bird, one of those.
1: Matt athletes. Johnson. Those
0: two. Yeah. Yeah. Larry Bird is like the athlete that, to me, I wish I was old enough to appreciate. And Tom Brady's going to be that to a lot of people, too. A lot of kids who were like born in 2010, who really, like, at this point, they're 10 years old. They don't, they didn't fully appreciate Tom Brady. But in when they're 25, 26, if this doc, let's say this Tom Brady documentary, the Patriots documentary comes out, then, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna be like, wow, this guy. I mean, 2001 in and of itself takes over for Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, and Ooh, then w- people people forget Drew Bledsoe was supposed to be the guy until like 2007.
1: Yeah, and we were gonna be we're gonna be those people that look back and go, guys, I remember where I was when Bledsoe got hit, right? I remember where I was when Wait, when now, Brady was oh, down I'm 20 when 28 to when 28 to three happened. I was sitting yeah. on my couch. I remember where I was when James White scored that touchdown in overtime. Like I can sit there and go, Hey, I remember the feeling I had when that coin flip happened in overtime, they won the coin flip. I start celebrating that game was over. Like, that's how we all
0: felt. Yeah. And I, and like another memory for that, like for me in Boston sports would be like the Dave Roberts steal. I remember being in, I was 10 years old then I remember being 10 years old watching Dave Roberts and like, like they say, like they say in the 30 for 30, everybody in the world knew he was going. And I remember sitting yeah. there 10 years old and I see him take off and I just remember not breathing. I just remember going, yeah, okay, he got in there. I saw the umpire put out the safe single signal. I just went, <gasps> <laughs> it was, it was, it's like one of those moments and people might wish that they could have seen like, the, like live through the 2004 Red Sox because the 3-0 comeback people wish they could have seen Larry Bird. People wish they could have seen Tom Brady and eventually David they're going to be able to see like, you got to imagine there's a Patriots documentary. That's, that's, a, that's in the works. You got to imagine if- ESPN is failing miserably. If they looked at that dynasty and went, nah,
1: it's not important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's it. The last dance it's done. It's over. It's over. Um, nothing else No. Well, sports are coming
0: back, right? They're starting. Governors are starting to allow arenas to open with no fans. That's a, that's a plus new, New York. And I mean, not New York, uh, California and Texas both announced that at the end of the month, California is going to be the first week of June. That's their aim that they're going to allow sport, all pro sports to come back just with no fans. So baseball, everything, they can all just come back, no fans. And New York's not far behind, they said. Yeah, and we're recording Tuesday the 19th,
1: right? Was it yesterday or today that, that some NFL places allowed their facilities to reopen? Like the Patriots yeah. were one of them. Um, so like there, things are starting to happen. Teams are starting to come back together safely. Um, and you might have a reboot you know, mid to end June for some of these leagues that stopped. Um, baseball was shooting for June. There's a whole argument going on there, but like NHL NBA, there's a chance that mid to end June, July, they're back and we have a Bruins cup run. The, the, this is 24. I can't NHL believe there might be a Bruins team. cup run. <laughs> like one shocking that there might be a cup run too. They're going to let 24 teams in the playoffs. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Crazy. What? How is that going to work? I don't know, but if that happens, I'm going to be pissed, because if that's the reason why the Bruins get knocked out, because there's too many damn rounds, I'm going to be so rip shit, and they're going to get booed hard, because the Bruins are hands down the best team in the league. The Bruins, Still.
0: This was the Bruins' year. This they were going to win this, this
1: championship. It. This was it. Like I had all Because they got there last year, they lost. They should have won last year. They were the better team against the Blues, whatever it was. They, had this, they came back this year and were Better. Better.
0: The Bruins, this was the Bruins season. Absolutely. They should have won this championship. And just the fact that they're getting screwed out of this, and if they have to go through 23 other teams to win a championship, that's just not fair. That's not fair. But if we get the NHL and the NBA back, I don't give a fuck. I think this might actually benefit the Celtics, though, if they do come back. Because the Celtics, the thing that was plaguing them all year was injuries. Yeah, I think Jalen Brown's, Brown's ready to come back and just wreak Hamba, havoc. I think Jason Tatum, Kemba. Oh, I don't know if baseball's coming back, though.
1: I think baseball, baseball at this point in my head is smart to just say, fuck it. Let's just wait till next year. Uh, a lot of players are like, I'm not risking it. Like Blake Snell and, players and, and, are and pissed. Harper are pissed. They're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not quarantining and getting paid less to risk my life when I can just say, you know what? Screw it. Like, yeah, there are a lot of players that need to get paid, but. Blake Snell's right. Like, why risk it? Like, just get this figured out. Come back next year. The league year counts, so Mookie Betts won't play
0: for the Dodgers. And The, the only shitty thing about that, though, is, you know, the Red Sox want to reset their luxury tax penalties, and if this year doesn't happen, that doesn't happen. They're going to have to go next year. We're going to have to do the same thing next year. Wait, so, contra- tax
1: wait tax so contracts, contracts can sa- still happen, but luxury taxes don't get reset. Yeah. Okay, so let's have, like, a, a, a small season.
0: Yeah, see, that's that's what let's, I mean. That sucks. Let's
1: reset. Never mind. I didn't
0: know that. Yeah, that sucks. As far as I know, as far as I know, it's it's players' contracts will run up, so Mookie Betts will be a free agent. But luxury tax penalties will reset. It. Yeah, so the Red Sox, unless they want to get hit with another thing, it's out. But but also, you got also got to remember, the Red Sox next season are opening up a lot of money. There's a lot of money that are falling off the books for them. Oh,
1: Oh, I heard like John Lester's a possibility. I'd love to. Hit,
0: let's bring Johnny. Lester I would love back. to have John Lester back. I think Pablo Sandoval's contract's finally done after this season. What, might that, a be lot be done. of that money's Uh, Pablo Sandoval's up
1: after this year. Rusnick Castillo, right, is up. I think. So like, this is a lot of your money
0: going away finally. This is yeah, where the money's going. Yeah, but is not even on the major league book, so he doesn't even matter. No, he counts though. Not not towards not towards the luxury tax. Not towards that Man, salary. A whole lot of money though. Only only until. He plays a game at the major league level. That's why they haven't called him up. Because the second that he oh, plays right. a major league game, his salary up. counts. Yep. That's why he's been the king of Pawtucket. That makes sense. Why he's been the MVP of Triple He's the best player in Triple A. That's
1: riding up in like the nicest cars to Pawtucket, like oh my god, to McCoy yeah, Stadium, just rolling yeah, in it. Like trying, yeah, I'll show up. And he's smoking it in Triple A. Like he's killing it in Triple A. Dude, he can't. He can't even complain about not playing in the major. He's getting paid like he is.
0: Yeah. He
1: made um, so much
0: money. Alright, so I wanted to say this and then we'll wrap it up. I was gonna call I was gonna talk about the Caller Daddy stuff, but I think a lot of people understand it at this point. And Jared Jared doesn't it doesn't really pay too much attention to the Caller Daddy stuff, but it was like almost too much to avoid because there was so much shit going on and I, I saw because I used to watch their vlogs. I think I know a lot of guys find them annoying and obnoxious. I think they're just very entertaining people. I think that they're like they're they're just they're entertaining. Like they're it's their videos that they would post are just, they were kind of fun to watch, but this contract stuff. So I'm sure a lot of people already understand the details about it. Dave Portland went on the Your daddy podcast himself. Alex wasn't on it. Sophia wasn't on it. And he talked about what was going on because, and I've seen this too, because I follow Alex on Twitter and they were like posting stuff maybe a month ago saying like free the daddies. And I didn't understand what was going on, but you could tell it was a contract thing. Like, I think a lot of people understood that. And, they were saying they couldn't talk about it. And I guess Dave, Dave on his recording was like, you could fucking talk about it. Like, what's, well, why can't you talk about it? Um, but the breakdown basically is that they were trying to get out of the contract they have now. And Sophie is dating this HBO executive named uh, Peter Nelson, I think his name is. He looks like Lord Farquh, Um, as a lot of people have pointed out on Twitter, hmm. which been, dude, people are beating the shit out of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> people have been I, I I don't know this guy he might be a nice guy I have no idea but people are wrecking this guy wrecking this I saw KFC in fights talk about this on a clip they posted on Twitter like Sophie almost has to break up with him just because like he, he, this guy's not going to recover from this this beat down people are just ripping him apart um but I guess this guy set up a he's he got them a new deal at Wondery, which is a podcast, a podcast network. And I'm sorry if I get some of the details wrong. Um, I hadn't studied this like a frigging exam, but there was, there was a big contract offer from Wondery except Barca was like, we own the fucking, we own the podcast guys. Like you can't just leave. they were going to call it something else. The fathers, I think <laughs> over at Wondery yeah. and Dave talked to Sophia and Alex. And after they demanded some things or asked for a new contract structure, Dave, like, offered them a really good deal. like a an unbelievable deal. They still have 18 months left on their contract that was originally a three-year deal. So they still have 18 months left. Dave shed off six months on that deal, shed off. And they wanted the intellectual property, everything. Dave shed off. And this is what Dave in Barcelona was like, no, we're not going to do that. Why would we like, what is in it for us at that point if we're just going to give you everything? So Dave offered to shed off, I believe, six months and then offered them each something about $500,000 base salary. On top of whatever say, they
1: make for like yeah. ads. So, and stuff.
0: Yeah. So they say no to that. And Dave's like, what the fuck? Like that, they, you guys are insane not to take this deal. So they say no to that amazing deal. And then Alex talks to Dave herself. and is like, Hey, I want to take this deal. I would be stupid not to take this deal, but Sophia won't do it. So Sophia apparently is a problem. And Alex is I, like, I, I said this to you before the show, before we when, when we were talking about it a little bit. Alex is like the main talent. I think Sophia is great on that podcast, too. I've listened to a couple episodes. The show is wild. Can't listen to it too yeah. much. But I've listened to it a couple times, and it's a wild show. And Sophia is great on that show. But Alex is clearly the lead. And I think Alex could take that show by herself. But... Alex is making up for the original screw up, which I I still think that they screwed up in the beginning, especially Alex and Sophia, both. Uh, I don't think Barstool is 100% in the right here. Like they own this in them being that greedy is a real bad fucking luck. It's a real bad luck. And this all goes down to this guy, Peter Nelson to absolutely try to get them out of a contract where Barstool made them what they are. Barstool helped blow them up. Like to be that disrespectful to the company that really made you guys like you, they were already up and coming. Barstool blew them up. And to me, that disrespectful to me is crazy. These guys are so lucky to be working at Barstool. Barstool is an absolute powerhouse when it comes to marketing in social media and sports media and everything in podcasting. They are a powerhouse and you guys have that powerhouse backing you and they get that greedy. And at this point, I think it's more so that Peter Nelson stuck his neck out to get them that contract at Wondry and Sophia, I mean, Sophia knows that her boyfriend did that. So she's not going to come back to Barstool now, although she looks real bad. And Alex has made up for it. Alex coming back to Barstool. Alex knows that this contract that they have is amazing. In 12 months, you get a year left of just working at Barstool, which you're lucky enough. Anyway, in 12 months, you get to take Collar Daddy. That's to say no to that contract is absolutely asinine. Absolutely asinine. Do you think she takes it at the end of it or think she stays? Sophia or Alex? Alex. I think Alex stays. Alex should say Alex looks good in this situation now because she went back to Dave was like, listen, Dave, this is what the deal is. This is what I want to do. And it's completely she said, she said, I guess you could use here. It's completely like you. But I believe Alex at this point. I think that they just got caught up. And for a show, and I saw a lot of girls saying this on social media for a show that just says, hey, you take down the men. Fuck men. Sophia is letting her boyfriend tear down one of the biggest podcasts in the world in the mm-hmm. world it's a major fuck up on their part they are so lucky to be at barstool sports so lucky. well and they did it too like they i mean they
1: took down dave like i
0: mean, not in a sense like they got
1: him to give in and get what they wanted like they got to go from what they're probably making like what 75k base to yeah, a five base which is so like I, I, which I is still that. fine right <laughs> but like in new york it doesn't go as far but yeah i get like we would all love that to go from that to a 500k base after bitching and complaining and getting him to cut down your time on the contract that's a massive
0: win he He gave them that's what you were trying to do that's what you were trying to do well because that that showed sophia's hand i bet you they i bet you that her and peter didn't think that dave would cave and then dave you can see said fine like like, because dave understands the value of that show that's an that's a show that just does insane numbers and the fact that they still said no tells me that Sophia never had a plan to come back and they just want to do this lawsuit.
1: And they wanted to use Dave as a scapegoat. Like, Well, he didn't give us what we wanted,
0: so I'm leaving. But he did. Yeah, which be like, Dave oh, wins that. Because I'll Dave was leave. like, fine, here you go. And they were still like, no. And then Alex was like, listen, yes, because Alex is smart here. And she's like, this is a fucking asinine deal to walk away with the IP at the end. To walk away with the intellectual property at the end of all this is and half a mil. In half a mil, dude, <laughs> probably closer to a mil after all Sponsors, it
1: will be closer to a mil after the sponsors and everything. Like you're getting yeah. half a mil to sit and record and do what we're doing right now. On top of getting paid from ads on top of that, it's pro- they're probably hitting our half a mil just by sponsors.
0: Are you kidding me? Yeah. Listen, listen, Manscaped. We love you, but Manscaped doesn't pay us that much. <laughs>
1: no, but w- are we worth that much? No. Like I, like, well, y- yes. And yes. But no <laughs> Okay. We're not we're a Barstool not, podcast. We don't we're not there yet. So like no half a million dollars for that show, you say you take that and go, that's a win. If I'm her, I'm like, dude, if I'm Sophia, it's like, what are you
0: doing, man? Like, I'm taking this deal. Don't be stupid. It's just it's crazy to me to even think that that you could say no to that deal. That is just such a beautiful, incredible deal. The fact that you can look at that deal and go, no. I would piss myself if I ever saw those those numbers on a contract. I would I would pee my pants right out. down. I'm wearing khakis right now. I would you would see that pee stream go all the way down to the knee, without question.
1: I would pass the fuck out if I saw half a mil on a contract with my name on it saying we're happy to we're happy to give you this number base salary plus commission. All you gotta
0: do is sign here. Yep, I don't care what it means. Here you go. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> you know you know why you know why Dave and Barstool win again. They always win. And like we're we're two guys from this area who who grew up and we and we've known Barstool for a lot longer than a lot of people throughout the U.S. knew because Barstool was really blowing up around here Sorry. we're from but we we yeah. spent a lot of time in Boston that area and Barstool wins a lot because in, in they they killed this situation you know why because even though they're in a giant contract uh, controversy right now. One of their biggest podcasts, right behind Pardon My Take, which I get Dave said on the podcast, too. He's like, Pardon My Take doesn't even have the IP. They don't even have that. So, like, Call Her Daddy, consider yourself lucky there. And Barstool wins because even though they're embroiled in this controversy, we're talking about this podcast. Everybody's talking about Call Her Daddy, and everybody's talking about Barstool Sports today. So, they really because they're getting that. They're getting that publicity.
1: Like they Even, win off China.
0: negative press. Now, you know
1: how much stuff that Perez has done to get quote unquote negative press that he has flipped into millions of dollars for the company? Yes. Like everything. Getting arrested, right? When he when he went outside of Goodell's office in New York. Like all that stuff that he does that is quote unquote negative press. It's not negative for them. They don't care. They just win. And, and Erica backs it too. Like – anything that barstool does positive or negative in the eyes of the public is positive in barstool's eyes they just want people talking barstool or whatever is related to barstool which in this case because is called daddy because you
0: can daddy, make money off of it
1: because you can make money off of that look what dave's doing now he's turned he's turned covid right into this huge thing because obviously it is but his rant on shutting down opening up whatever has just flipped everything back on its it head and now he's, numbers, he's been in the news everywhere and he's oh been my in the God. news everywhere not sports again so this is what he does. He does. He just says what he thinks. He does whatever he wants and good or bad publicity wise, it's all good for
0: them. And they make money off of it. That's all it is. So going back to what you said about taking something negative and then flipping it into something positive for them, like they are color daddy. At one, like they're attacking barstool. They're saying like for the fathers and like, it's, and it's obvious at this point, I think they even deleted barstool out of their, uh, their Twitter at one point, but they are starting this thing for the fathers. And Dave was like, fine, let's, make that merchandise then. So they made merchandise out of that, even though they were coming after Barstool, because that's how you make money. It is just yeah. Barstool wins. And Collardaddy Daddy is, they're trying to do their thing. They're trying. And Sophia at this point, Alex is trying to come back, which is a great move on her part. Alex is cooperating. The fact that Sophia and her boyfriend would even try to attack Barstool and, and get out of this contract and turn down a deal that, is just absolutely insane it's absolutely fucking insane it's a dumb move it is a dumb move i did not even think we we're gonna get that much detail into this but i mean it's unreal it is on un- five hundred thousand dollars to do this jared 45 I mean, minutes a week my, where's my contract Quags, oh where's my contract God. dude i'll do whatever Man. i will do any podcast i need to any for a hundred thousand for seventy-five thousand, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't give me, matter. Se- give me that seventy-five k number for to do this for a living. I'll dig it. Oh my god. All right. Well, that's it for the Couch Guy Sports Podcast. One fifty-seven in the books. Once again, guys, thank you to our sponsors over at Manscaped. Promo code Couch twenty. C O U C H 28 Check out for twenty percent off and free shipping. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally, guys, rate and subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on our YouTube channel as well for the video version of the podcast, which goes up every single week too, and follow us on every social media: Facebook, Instagram, and also the Couch Guy Sports Twitter at Couch Guy Sports and the Couch Guy Sports Podcast Twitter at Couch Guy Podcast. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally, guys, we're gonna be back next week for episode number 158, guys. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Oh wait, shit.